It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the week 13 edition of the Two Point Stands podcast. I'm your boy Brian Drake at Drake Fantasy on Twitter, hanging and banging post Thanksgiving with the managing editor of fantasypoints.com, Mr. Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan on the old Twitter machine. And, uh, you know, we're not telling people to go F themselves like, uh, you know, Elon Musk might be over there on that, that platform, but, you know, we're saying welcome in. To the two point stance in fantasypoints.com, Joe, right? How you doing? Yeah, what's going on, Drake? Good uh, good morning. I hope you had a good uh, Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good Thursday night football. I'm not sure if we had a good Thursday night football. Um uh because uh well, we're recording this on Thursday, but it's good to be with you, Drake. Um, you you surprised me this morning. So Thursday is typically my day where I sleep in a little bit because I don't have it's the only day I don't have a 9 a.m. media obligation. So I sleep in a little bit on Thursdays and then um and then, but you surprised me. I'm glad to get this out of the way. We're going to go to a brewery tonight, maybe check out the first half of the football game there. I'm excited for it. But uh, but uh, welcome everybody into the show. I'm glad to be with you. I know we didn't do the show last week. Uh, I think people kind of give you a benefit of the doubt when, you know, all the holidays are on and everybody works remotely. But I'm glad to be back with you. Absolutely, man. And I'm looking forward to what we like to call here on the two-point stance, nut-cutting time. Here in week 13, because wins are at a premium. You guys got to score points this week, this week, and next week for most season-long leagues. For the last two weeks of the season, we got to get these lineups right. We got to make sure we're turning over every rock on the waiver wire. We're making the right calls, and we're getting our asses in the playoffs. Hopefully, some of the nuggets we bring you here on the two-point stance get you there. So let's start off, Joe, like we always do, going around the NFL Let's go Broncos Texans to start things off. And I mean, really, there's no better story right now in the NFL than CJ Stroud, what he's doing uh, with this Texans offense. Looks like we might get Noah Brown back this week, although we did have Tank Dell not practice with a calf injury. I think he's going to be okay. You guys should just monitor, uh, you know, these injury reports going forward, but uh, it looks like C.J. Stroud could have his full complement of wide receivers out here against a Denver defense that is much improved. Now, Denver still gives up on the season the most points to opposing running backs. That doesn't mean I'm very in on Devin Singletary. We could see Damian Pierce return in this ball game. Uh, it's just a, a really good matchup of teams heading in the right direction because, listen, Denver just can't lose right now. De- Russ is is cooking again, Joe. Bang. He, I, I'd say Russ is more microwaving. Um, but <laughs> hey, look, it, if you follow the instructions, it's hard to mess up a microwave dinner, right? Like, I mean, and that's kind of what the instructions are right now for Russell Wilson. Check it down. Don't take a sack, you dumbass. And that's kind of what Sean Payton. <laughs> here's the stat I have on Russell Wilson. He's done. Payton has done an amazing job getting him to just when the pressure is there. Just take the outlet. You know, he's got Samaj P. Ryan and Jaleel McLaughlin, who are good checkdown receivers. Check out this number, Drake. Wilson has the NFL's third highest adjusted net yards per attempt when pressured this year, all the way up at 5.53. Uh, that's third highest in the league. Um, last year, when under pressure, he was at an abysmal 2.37 adjusted yards per attempt. And what that is, adjusted yards per attempt is 
it's like a metric. If you if you're familiar with baseball, it's like weighted on base percentage, where like the scale is supposed to be similar to on base percentage. And what it does is it takes into account sacks, turnovers, incompletions, negative plays, all into the adjusted net yards per attempt metric. So Wilson is third highest in the league. He was abysmal last year. His mm. his adjusted net yards per attempt is more than double this year than it was last year. That is where Russell Wilson has improved this year. So that is where he they're just he's just not making mistakes. Now the problem is it's not really translating for fantasy, right? Because like Cortland Sutton's a big TD merchant. But outside of that, Jerry Judy, I don't think, finished as a top 24 wide receiver all season long. But Russell Wilson is objectively playing better, and he's playing better when under pressure. You're talking about that Broncos offense. Javante Williams, he's getting the ball. He had a bad matchup a week ago. Is he a guy, you know, with six teams on by, you feel confident putting Javante in maybe an RB2 a flex this week? Not really. Uh, I think he's more of a flex than an RB2 um, in this matchup. Uh, Houston's run defense has been fantastic this year. On the flip side, the Broncos' run defense, as you mentioned, it's really the only part of their defense that hasn't completely turned around. Um, they've given up uh, at least two and a half yards before contact per attempt in each of their last three games. They've given up over 100 yards, non-scramble rushing yards in each of those games. So I actually think, Drake, Damian Pierce was back last week, took some carries. I actually think this is a good spot for Devin Singletary, although I hope they're not dumb and they don't just like try to force feed De Damian Pierce into the lineup. Your Mr. Matchups here in terms of the cornerback uh, wide receiver here at fantasypoints.com. Tell me about Nico Collins, maybe Tank Dell. Who might we see Patrick Sertan on this week? Because uh, there's a, a guy in the chat here, Brian in Syracuse, who has Nico Collins. So, you know, he wants to know about this, <laughs> if he should be playing him this week. So my guess would be, um, and, and believe me, this is what we do here. We, we, we guess on these. My guess would be that they're not going to follow either of these guys uh, with Patrick Sertan. But if they were going to, I think it would be Nico Collins. All right, Los Angeles Chargers. They're going to Foxborough to take on the Bailey Zappi-led New England Patriots. So let's start there, I guess. I mean, this this game's all over the place. Patriots, are, they're a bad team, okay? They've got no weapons on the outside. Pop Douglas, a little banged up. I believe he's in the concussion protocol. He's in the protocol, yeah. The only thing they've got going for them is Ramondre Stevenson. They're putting the ball in his belly. I think he could get 25, 30 touches this week. I mean, what else do they have at this point, Joe? Um, I think that's just about it. And when you get to this point of the season, um, I got I was on with Bob Harris on the Football Diehards YouTube channel last night, Drake. I got a Bob's question the about best. Uh, Bob's the man. I got a question about Juju Smith Schuster. Oh, God. What kind of shape do you have to be, <laughs> to be asking about that? Um, it, it's Ramondre or Bust for me. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback. It doesn't matter who's going to be the quarterback. Mac Jones and and Bailey Zappi are the Spider-Man meme. Mm -hmm. You know, like they even look similar facially, by the way. Like they look like the same person. They play like the same guy. Uh, it's Ramondre or Bust for me. I mean, who else here could you possibly feel good about? Yeah, nobody. How about for the Chargers here? Just the constant, you know, underachievers. We'll probably see Brandon Staley leave after this year. But holy moly, Keenan Allen. I mean, is he going to see 25 targets every game this year? This is incredible what we're seeing out of Keenan Allen. So obviously he didn't practice on Wednesday. Follow along. I think he'll be fine. 
What I want to talk to you about, though, is probably Austin arrested. Eckler. What was it? Was it like a thigh, something like that? A quadricep. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing. Yeah. yeah I, I want to talk to you, though, a little bit about Austin Eckler because, you know, the word around the fantasy community here, like, eh, Eckler's kind of lost a step and he just doesn't look like the guy that a year ago was the number one running back in fantasy. And hey, maybe it's. It's just age. Maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe it's a little game script. But our guy, uh, Scott Barrett, said he looks like a slug on tape out there, and he's getting nervous about him. What say you? Uh, the run game's broken, Drake. They haven't run for more than – I'm going to qualify this and try to follow what I'm saying. They okay. haven't run for 100 non-scramble yards, so that takes away plays where it breaks down and – you know, that, that's just a better way to evaluate the trench metrics and how the offensive line actually performs at the point of attack. Um, they haven't run for non 100 non-scramble rushing yards in a game in which Eckler actually led them in rushing since week one. Wow. Their you. offensive line has also struggled, by the way. It's not just Eckler. They're opening a third fewest 0.85 adjusted yards before contact per attempt over the last five weeks. That's third fewest on this slate. Um, and the Patriots have been generally solid on defense, but look, Austin Eckler on that, that run against the Packers a couple weeks ago, that kind of went viral on Twitter. He reached a top speed of 13.2 miles per hour on the other clip involving a top speed that went viral on Twitter in the last couple weeks, Jordan Davis chasing down Josh Allen, Jordan Davis reached the top speed of 16.9 miles per hour. Jordan Davis outweighs Austin Eckler by 130 pounds. That's literally like an extra me on his back. Can you believe that? That's I can't tell you the last time I weighed 130 pounds, Drake. I can't. Seventh tell grade. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was pre-growth spurt for me. That was pre-growth spurt for me. But uh, yeah. So. But either way, uh, you're, you're plugging Eckler in your lineups. It's not like you have a better option. We just want to make you, you just guys need aware. The checkdowns, yeah. 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 We'll talk about checkdowns later on when we get to uh, the Browns game. Holy moly! Uh, but let's go Lions Saints. So we got Lions on the road, always a sketchy proposition here against a New Orleans Saints team that's just kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Derek Carr stinks. We know that. It wouldn't shock me if Derek Carr's not on this team next year because they have to make a, a bunch of hard budget cuts. But for this year, we got to look at this team. We got Chris Olave, who might not play. We've got Rahid, uh, Rashid Shahid didn't practice. He's questionable to play. Michael Thomas is on IR. Who the hell are they going to throw the ball to? We thought it was going to be an A.T. Perry week last uh, last week or so because, you know, oh, he's filling in for Michael Thomas in that role. He didn't do anything a week ago. Yeah. We did get Jawan Johnson back. That's good for the tight end streamers out there. I mean, is it just going to be 58 different dump-offs to Alvin Kamara, maybe a little Taysom Hill action, Jawan Johnson? Because Jawan Johnson and Taysom Hill are on some waiver wire. So you can. Oh, no guys. doubt about it. I think Jawan Johnson could essentially play wide receiver this week if Chris Olave doesn't play. Olave, of those three, obviously Thomas can't play. He's on IR. Rashid Shahid is almost certainly not going to play. Nick Underhill um, has been reporting that uh, from. Uh, from New Orleans Football, which is obviously they're they're extremely plugged in those boys there. Um, and Olave's in the concussion protocol, and he had a concussion last year, so every concussion's different. But you never know how um, how that's going to end up reacting for him. But um, Jawan Johnson might have to end up playing wide receiver this week, so I actually like him as kind of a sleeper. Um, I think uh, Jake Tribby just wrote him up in DFS study hall as somebody who can really cheaply fit into your lineup. And, and I can't disagree with it, but 
you have to keep in mind here, this is while this is an exploitable Lions defense, Derek Carr is the king of the uh of of the empty calorie passing yards. Since Derek Carr entered the NFL, the only quarterback who has more 300-yard passing games with one or fewer touchdowns is Matt Ryan. Hmm. Jeepers. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 tough sledding there. Juwan Johnson last week, uh, you know, in his return, he missed week eleven. Uh, seven uh, seven targets for him. Nine PPR points. Hey, at tight end, you'll take that all day long. No doubt, uh, all no day doubt, long. No doubt. Um, this is a good matchup for the Lions across the board. By the way, um, the Saints can't get to the quarterback, and the Lions have been mauling teams in the ground. Um, you start you start your Lions running backs against a Saints team that's not, that's going to struggle uh, to generate uh, to generate points this game. Although keep an eye on David Montgomery who has a foot injury. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to break down here. Trying to give you guys a, a nugget or two, but if you've got a Ra, uh, you got Laporta, you're starting all those guys. Let me ask you about Jamison Williams, who scored in Week 11. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving Day, two for 51, three targets. I don't think he's ever going to get the volume that we want in the fantasy playoffs, and I'd be petrified to start him. But is he a guy you'd even want on your bench in a deep league? Or would you just say, there's no way he can come through for me? He, he's more likely to goose egg. Yeah, he is more likely to goose egg, but I still wonder, like, the fact of the matter is the Lions are a good team, right? So they're, I know they've, they've, they've had a couple of rough games in a row, but they're still a good team and a good offense. I think there's worse bench guys uh, to have, but ultimately he might be the one guy you drop from your team and you're like, look, he had – it's a long touchdown or bust. I'm going to pick up my running back handcuff. I'm going to pick up the guy. So if I have Derrick Henry, I I'm not I do not want to miss out on Tajay Spears if Derrick Henry gets hurt. That's kind of the, uh, the the approach I'd be taking with Jameson Williams. Let me expand upon that because I play in a number of leagues, some very high stakes, some uh, against the biggest names in the industry. In my personal home league, I made sure I've got Jonathan Taylor and B. John Robinson are my starters. Trust me, Zach Moss and Tyler Algier are on my bench. Boom, now I can slide uh, Zach Moss in this week. In the Kings Classic League that uh, you know well and dear, someone dropped Zach Moss two weeks ago after Jonathan oh. Taylor had that 80% snap share. Guess who went and scooped him up immediately? You? And now in a 14-team league with six teams on by, whoop, Zach Moss is now a starter. I actually went in that league and then traded for Jonathan Taylor also just to make sure I may, I have him uh down the stretch. Uh so I'm ready to roll man. I got to get that belt. The uh, the championship parade will be long and drunken if uh your boy Drake wins the Kings Classic. Yeah, I mean uh, congratulations on that Drake because um let's uh, uh were we were we talking the Indianapolis game at this point? Uh, no, I just want to crowbar that in. Oh, well, congratulations. We'll, we'll t I'll talk about Zach Moss when we get there. <laughs> uh, here's a game you might have to get drunk to watch, though. Speaking of that, Atlanta at the Jets. So we've got this kind of the uh, – what, what is that old adage, Joe? The uh, the irresistible force and the immovable object of the Falcons running yeah. game and the Jets run defense here. So Bijan Robinson looking like a world beater. Finally, imagine that, Joe. You put the ball in Bijan Robinson's hands and good things happen. But he's going to go up against his Jets defense, which we know is legit. Falcons, there's no way they're throwing on the Jets. Not that the Falcons really throw on anybody. But, boy, this has got like 12-6 written all over it. 
Oh, it's going to be terrible. Um, and and like here's the thing about Brees Hall. We were talking. We had a question about Brees Hall on the Football Diehard Show with Bob Harris last night. Drake, the Jets have not run for more than sixty non-scramble rushing yards since Week Five. Oh, and do you know uh, Brees Hall? By the way, who is like one of the most explosive runners in to come into the NFL the last two years. Do you know how many explosive runs the Jets as a team have since week five? This being a run of 15 or more yards. One. Zero. Uh, the I, only I one and shot over. <laughs> the only touchdown Brees Hall has on the ground since week five is in that game against the Eagles when they literally let him score. Yeah. That's Man. it. So he's got to get it done in the passing game or not. And you think the Falcons could put nine in the box. Why? Because the Jets are starting Tim freaking Boyle at quarterback. Garrett Wilson might get followed by A.J. Terrell in this game. Um, just a disaster spot for the Jets. Aaron Rodgers is out here flapping his gums. Um, no, uh, th this, is, th this is the perfect scenario for Aaron Rodgers. Because he's going to be able to sit here and say, I was ready to come back. I defied all the odds. I defied medicine. I defied science, but I'm not coming back because we're not in the playoff hunt. This is the perfect scenario for Aaron Rodgers. So he can say he, he was ready, he's practicing, the, the window's open, and he's not going to play because the Jets are going to be out of the playoff hunt. Because say what we want about Farty Artie Smith, the, the Falcons are an NFL team. The Jets are not at this point. At least on offense, the Jets aren't. If you guys added the Falcons defense, which if you read my defensive streamers article at Fantasy Points, you probably did. Listen to this fantasy playoff schedule. If you pick them up just for this week against the Jets, they might be somebody that you can rock and roll with throughout the fantasy playoffs. Three top seven matchups over their next five games. Fantasy playoffs for the Falcons at Carolina, home against the Colts, at the Bears. Now, I wish Atlanta was a better team because their defense, I mean, they could just get pounded. You, you never know. But, man, Joe, that, that's pretty freaking juicy right there. Yeah, I mean, it's a really juicy matchup. And unfortunately, they lost Grady Jarrett, but this is a defense that has held its own. They have a good secondary. Um, we saw Jesse Bates, obviously, with the pick six. I think Atlanta can get it done on defense. And those matchups also ensure that Bijan Robinson is going to be in the mix to get 20 touches a game down the stretch. So if you survive to this point, and that's a huge if, Bijan might be helping you in your fantasy playoffs. Last thing on this game, Kyle Pitts. Are you just dropping him at this point? Can you Can you start him? I'm in a four. Listen to this. This is absurd. I'm in a 14 team league. 14 team. Of course, I'm first in scoring in seven and five. That's been I've I, that's it's it's been one of those kind of years for me. Um, he's my third tight end. Hey. I picked up Dalton Kincaid and Trey McBride off the scrap heap, and both of them are above Kyle Pitts. And I'm hoping McBride is okay because he didn't practice on Wednesday. I'm hoping he's okay because I don't want to start Kyle Pitts. Do you have any interest in Garrett Wilson with Tim Boyle under center? You know, he did get 10 targets a week ago, seven for he's a wide receiver score. three. He's wide receiver three. Um, only because I know that he's the guy Boyle will target. Uh, but AJ Terrell does scare me in this game. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling. Arizona goes to, I always try every week to say the name of the stadium and I always screw it up. It's Acrisure. Acrisure. Yeah. Acrisure. All right. Heinz Field. So the Cardinals go to Heinz. Oh, I can guarantee you Steeler fans don't call it Acrisure. No, we'll get Brawley on here. He'll set us straight. Uh, so it's the James Conner revenge game <laughs> going up against the Steelers. But here's the problem. 
the Cardinals offense stinks. Their offensive line is even worse. So I have, I mean, I don't know if you got many other options here with uh, James Conner, but oof, boy, I got a feeling the Steelers are going to be keyed in on him. Uh, Trey McBride didn't practice Wednesday with a groin. Uh, Michael Wilson still not practicing. Now we got a heel injury for Marquise Brown. So just monitor your Cardinals going into this game. Uh, I think McBride hopefully will be okay. But I think the name of the game on the other side, Joe, is Pittsburgh. They get rid of Matt Canada. And, oh, hey, look, we've got a real offense here. We can finally get 400 yards of total offense. We can finally matriculate the ball down the field. We can still keep both running backs going here. So what were your takeaways from the new-look Steelers? The, the biggest takeaway was they used the middle of the field. And by the way, like you look at the if you look at the next gen stats passing darts for Kenny Pickett, it was unlike any game this year. Not only did they target the middle of the field, which of course, to be fair to Matt Canada, and I'm not going to give him too much credit because <laughs> I don't think it's a I don't think it's a coincidence that their last game without him and their first game their last game without him and their first game without him were both 400 yard games. Um, Pat Fryermuth wasn't healthy this year, so mm-hmm. we'll give him a little bit of a. a of a, of a pass there, but the new offensive coordinator and the new offensive staff were like, oh, this team, the Bengals, they play a lot of too high safety. Wow, we got Pat Fryermuth coming back. Why don't we throw him the ball? And not only did they attack the middle of the field for really the first time since Canada took over, they threw the ball down the field, Drake. It wasn't just check, check, check. Let's get Kenny Pickett into like the Bears did with uh, Justin Fields on Monday night, that bizarre game plan. It wasn't just it was zuz, zuz, zuz. That's what it was. Uh, And Kenny Pickett was delivering the ball accurately. I thought the throw to Deontay Johnson on the skinny post, the would-be touchdown that he didn't complete the process of the catch was maybe the best throw I've seen him make. It was a dot. There was confidence in Kenny Pickett, and dare I say, he's a viable streamer this week. You want to hear a stat. Our guy Chris Wecht over at FantasyPoints.com puts out a really fun article. I make sure to check it out every week. It's called Five Stats to Know. His first stat is about Kenny Pickett, and he says Kenny Pickett had a season-high 72.7% accurate throw rate in Week 12. His previous high was 47.8. So I just have to qualify that accurate throw rate at fantasypoints.com. We we have a specific charting metric that says it's basically it basically an accurate throw is a throw that is put in the right spot and also gives the receiver an opportunity to make yards after the catch. So it not only does it have to be a throw that the receiver can catch, it's a throw that's in the perfect spot to maximize the yardage on the play. Yeah. So that's what that means. So it's like for instance, if a receiver has to contort his body to come back a little bit, that's not an accurate throw. It's, it's a completion. It can be caught. But no, Kenny Pickett, he felt confident. He felt confident in his receivers. He was in a rhythm. Uh, it is obvious right now that Canada was a huge problem. And now they have a, an opportunity to, to carry on the momentum. Oh, by the way, we didn't even mention the running backs who have a great spot in this game as well. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. People were speculating, hey, uh, Jalen Warren's going to be the guy. It's, they're going to kind of move Najee Harris out. I don't think that's really ever going to happen because I, I, it, look how long it took him to move off Matt Canada. They're, they're still, you know, 
you know, paying the price for where they drafted Najee Harris. He's going to always kind of be in the mix. But I think either one of these guys, if you got him, you put him in your lineup. You start, you start him. I, like, you I think it's him. a hot hand thing. And the people, I think, honestly, it's just fantasy Twitter that's wish casting. They're benching Najee Harris. I think this team yeah. views Najee Harris as a leader. You know, he was one of the more outspoken guys about Matt Canada. Like, he wasn't calling him out, but, like, he was he was the one who's like, I'm mad. Stuff's got to change. And, and Drake, he ran like his ass was on fire uh, last week against Cincinnati. Yeah, and if you can go out and, and maybe pick up Pat Fryermuth if he's still on your waiver wire, no, yeah. boy, that could be a guy down the stretch who, you know, could help you win leagues right there. Nine passes for 121 or 120 receiving yards, both career highs for Patty Fryermuth uh, a week ago. So uh, anybody in the tight end position with a pulse is worth picking up at this point. Let's keep it rolling. Indianapolis goes to Tennessee to take on the Titans. We'll see who the Titans have at quarterback. I was earlier today watching some video of Will Levis. He's got a bum ankle. So maybe we see a little Ryan Tannehill in this game. But the story here is Jonathan Taylor's not going to play. He's going to be out a few weeks. Looks like, Joe, they're not going to put him on injured reserve. So, hey, welcome back to our live Zach Moss. And Zach Moss isn't just your casual scrub on the bench, like, oh, all right, well, putting this guy in. Zach Moss can give you weak winning upside because we saw it from weeks, I think, like two through five. He had a ton of top 10 weeks. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is going to get workhorse type, uh, you know, volume against a Tennessee defense that isn't quite as good against the run as they used to be. Uh, listen to these numbers. Uh, Scott Barrett came up with them in the uh, in the everything report this week. We've got with fantasypoints.com should essentially be zachmoss.com this week. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of where, where we're at. But Zach Moss, these numbers are amazing. Why can I not find them? Oh, this is the perils of live radio, uh, uh Drake. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Come on. I got Come the on. article open too. Let me see. All right. You know, why, the, why the hell am I not seeing this? Uh, no, Zach Moss, here we go. Um, in his first four games of the season, oh, this is unbelievable. Moss averaged 22.3 carries, 2.5 targets, and 22.2 fantasy points per game on an 83% snap share. That snap share would basically be number one among all running backs, and the fantasy points per game would be number two. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, he is, incredible. he is maybe he and Kyron Williams might be the two players who turn the most fantasy playoff matchups at this point. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where you can never lose these guys. I was talking to my brother-in-law at um, Thanksgiving, and you know, we're all we're just sitting around talking fantasy, and he goes, "Ah, yeah, I got Zach Moss. I think I'm going to dump him and pick up some." I go, "No, no, no! You never drop Zach Moss. What are you crazy? You know, because for situations just like this, mm -hmm. scour your waiver wire, guys. Make sure any high-end backup, it, Rico Dowdles out there. You know, the, Zach Moss. I'm sure he's gone by now." Uh, the Keaton Mitchell's of the world, Dearness Johnson for Jacksonville. Get these guys on your roster because they're one injury away from putting you over the top. Uh, let's see for the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry, couple of touchdowns last week, but you know it's it's game script dependent here. This could be a Tajay Spears week if the Colts jump out to a lead because Lord knows Henry's not doing anything if the Titans ever fall behind. Uh, but again, what if it is uh, Ryan Tannehill? Could we see anything out of this past game, namely DeAndre Hopkins? 
Well, Ryan Tannehill was terrible at the beginning of this year. I they need to stick with Levis, in my opinion. Um, just see what you've got. DeAndre Hopkins snap share, by the way, he's clearly not healthy. He was below sixty percent for the first time this year in Week Twelve. I think he was below seventy percent the week previous. He is a wide receiver three, pray for a touchdown kind of guy at this point. Uh, on the other side with the wide receivers, Michael Pittman. You're starting him every week. Michael Pittman is a stone cold stud. He is awesome. Uh, and he's just, you know, every week he's getting it done for you. And also Josh Downs. A lot of guys probably didn't know about Josh Downs or coming into the season. Last week. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this kid had a knee injury and it kind of flared up on him again. And he missed a little time. But uh, per Brawley here in his uh, Game Hub article, he's averaging 1.99 yards per route run overall and a 25 per, uh, 25% targets per route run share. I mean, the kid's good. If you got Josh Downs, get him in your damn lineup, folks. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. Miami Dolphins go to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Commanders. This game could be really fun for DFS because we know Miami can score, and it's a very concentrated offense. We could see the return of Devin Achan, and Washington is just going to sit back and throw the ball 800 times in this game. So giddy up. Uh, Achan, you got... Uh, him on your roster he returns possibly this week what's your He's confidence level flex i don't have a lot of confidence right now man because mostert's been holding up and I, unfortunately i look at what they've done and achan getting hurt after two carries i just think they're going to selectively deploy him unfortunately i can't feel i'm not dropping achan but him getting re-injured two carries into or two touches into his return uh significantly dampen the expectations i have he is a serious what could have been guy i think Devin achan is very much in that kind of tony pollard a year ago mold where he needs someone else to be the grinder right he needs a tom brawley in front of him <laughs> but yeah he he's never going to be a guy who you're going to hand the ball to 25 times in a week like a Ramondre or some of these other guys we're talking about he's like you said, he's selective. You know, take your shots. It'll change a pace here. Uh, you know, we're going to look at Tyreek Hill. By the way, Raheem, Raheem Mostert, uh, uh, Drake has has uh, 43 touches combined over the last two weeks. Just so you know. <laughs> so Man, yeah, 22, and 22 and 20 carries. And how about Jeff Wilson Jr. coming back from Nowheresville and That's... Know, getting, getting some work? And they trust him. Remember, he came over from San Francisco, knows the coaches well. They trust him a little bit. I don't know. I, he's a guy I wouldn't mind stashed on the back of my bench if that's something ever happened to H. The reason I'm not that's the reason I'm not like super excited about H. Han right now. Wilson coming in and getting some of those hard to get yards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the wide receivers, if you got them, you start them. Good to see Waddle kind of pop back up uh, for the Commanders. You know, I, I I was never a Terry McLaurin guy, uh, so I don't really have much to say about about him or or Dotson. Seems like Curtis Samuel. Whenever you forget about him and you want to drop him, then he'll go off for, you know, 15 points in your fantasy league. I know he was on some waiver wires this week. They're just spreading it around a ton in this offense. Uh, the one guy I'd like to ask you about, though, what about Brian Robinson? Uh, you know, he's a guy who, with Antonio Gibson returning, could see a, a downshift in his uh, usage in the pass game. And, you know, he's He's kind of just a middle of the field grinder. I, I don't love Brian Robinson at all, especially in what could be this game script. Yeah, they're 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 like nine, nine and a half, ten point underdogs. Maybe Gibson gets a little bit more involved, but they don't like Gibson. They only use him as a as a uh, I think he's more of a low end RB2 this week. But who who are you starting over Brian Robinson? 
there's six teams on by. You know, yeah. like what, good luck. What if, uh, what if you got Achan? Okay, I'm starting Robinson. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, uh, he's also getting it done in the passing game. Uh, Drake, I want to throw one thing out there for the DFS players. Throw it at me, baby. Okay. So based on my mismatch report, which you haven't had access to yet because I haven't published it yet, um, the Commanders uh, are, excuse me, the Dolphins have our number one pass grade of the week in terms of our trench metrics. And Tua is one of the single most pressure-sensitive quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He's third best in adjusted net yards per attempt when not pressured. He is 17th when pressured. But they have the Commanders pass rush has completely collapsed since they traded uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So Miami has our number one pass grade of the week uh, based on the last five weeks of trench metrics. So it is a good Tua spot. Uh, let's crowbar in the Browns and Rams here in this spot. 425 kick out at SoFi. The Browns 7-4 and four, with literally no one playing quarterback. Uh, you or I might get the call this week to go out there and take snaps for the Brownies. You know, DTR, we'll see about him. Joe, they're talking about Joe freaking Flacco getting uh, getting work out here for the Browns. Joe Flacco was drafted before Barack Obama was first elected president, and he could be starting a game in 2023 against the Rams. So there's, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I know Amari Cooper got banged up a week ago. I'm out on all the pass catchers. For yeah, the I'm, I'm out on everybody but the running backs. And Kareem Hunt, by the way, is dinged up as well. So uh, uh, here's the one pass catcher I'm in on, David Njoku. He's who's been getting a, a ton really of targets nice stretch. I saw that you know Elijah Moore had a really nice stretch in New York with Joe Flacco, so he could okay. with some familiarity. Uh, you know, if you're real desperate out there and he's on your waiver wire, I love Jerome Ford this week to catch. I'm going to say he catches six passes because King of the Checkdown Joe Flacco is going to just dump, dump, dump to make sure he doesn't get hit by Aaron Donald and his boys. Uh, yeah. So maybe in a DFS lineup, you throw it in there for the Rams. What the hell is going on with Cooper Cup here? He can't be healthy at this point. And I'm going back to our uh, five stats article. Cooper Cup only had a 43% design target play share in 2020, uh, in 2022, or he had one in 2022. This year, 7%. I just don't think he's healthy right now. And maybe he's just out there as a decoy because they don't really have much else. I think maybe that's the case. Puka Nakua is getting more of the design targets. I think he's a, I think both of these guys, I mean, Nakua is more of a wide receiver too. And I think Cup's a wide receiver three right now. Kyron Williams has a glorious matchup, by the way. Um, what a Brown, stud. He, here's the thing with the Browns. First and foremost, keep an eye on Miles Garrett uh, because of, because of his injury problems. Um, he's got a shoulder injury. I think he's going to try to play through it, but just keep an eye on it. This is what's interesting. 50.7% of the non-scramble rush yards the Browns have allowed this year have come on explosive runs of 15 or more yards. No other team is above 40%. So the Browns are a team out there that's holding Kyron Williams to a one-yard run, holding them to a two-yard run, holding them to a one-yard run, and then giving up an 18-yard run. That's kind of what the Browns' defense have been. They have a lot of missed tackle problems. Um, they are third in missed tackles forced per rush attempt on non-scramble runs. Kyron Williams making explosive plays last week against the Cardinals. Wouldn't be surprised. There are some explosive plays this week from Kyron Williams. This is a topic for the offseason, but I, I will quickly just touch on it here. Kyron Williams, week one, RB9. Week two, RB1. Week four, RB4. Week six, RB3. Gets hurt, comes back last week, RB1. 
if the Rams don't add anybody, Joe, Kyron Williams is a first round pick next year. Uh, uh I mean, I mean, who's their quarterback? Know, look at, look who's their the coach? Who's their quarterback? Who's their coach? Uh, those are those are that is a discussion for the offseason, Drake. But that he's going to be a polarizing wait. player this offseason. I can't wait. What a fun one that is going to be. You're buying Tyler Higby at all coming off two touchdowns. Absolutely I mean, he didn't do not. anything before. Absolutely not. Forget about it. No, no, I can't. I can't get there. Cannot get there. All right. Speaking of an offense going nowhere, Carolina, they fire their coach. They fire their O's. Everybody got fired basically in Carolina because their owners are dope. They're going to tra- uh, travel on down to Tampa Bay to take on the fight in Baker Mayfield's. I got to give it up. Baker Mayfield's done a really good job. It's kind of, you know, he's a journeyman. No one's really looking out for him. I bet he's going to get streamed a ton across fantasy leagues. And he's playing a Carolina team that who knows, maybe they've quit and they just don't have any talent either way. You can always start the the receivers. Rashad White is playing out of his mind here. So this is a start everybody on Tampa game. Uh, I Godwin's the one question for me. He's just been kind of that wide receiver four-ish type of guy. Um, as Mike Evans has dominated and is getting himself paid yet again. Baker's a streamer. Keep in mind, he's dinged up. Remember, he had kind of the ankle injury he picked up early in that game. The Panthers haven't been able to rush the passer all year. Um, I don't think they're going to rush the passer this week. Um, it's a tough ma- like it's a, the Panthers run defense has actually been pretty good. They've given up 18 rushing touchdowns, but that's because teams get down inside the five against them. I think they're they're averaging 3.1 carries against them inside the five per game, which is why teams and you saw it last week. Derrick Henry had the two short rushing touchdowns. So I think Rashad White has a good opportunity to get in the box this week. I think you start everybody from Tampa, meaning Baker's streamable. You certainly start White. You certainly start Evans. You could start Godwin and Otten if you want to. Um, and it's start nobody for Carolina for me, with the exception of potentially Adam Thielen. I think they get back to trying to get Adam Thielen the ball this week. Yeah, three targets, and he had just one catch for uh, only 1.2 fantasy points in that loss to the Titans. Or yeesh. Uh, Brawley just pointed out he's fallen below 42 or fewer yards in three of his last four games. So Adam Thielen, a guy who's uh, not coming through for you. You had him early in the year. You're like, I got this wide receiver one. I got him, you know, in the ninth round. It's fantastic. And, you know, well, he's turned back into a pumpkin. What do you do if you got Chuba Hubbard and he's on your bench and you go, listen, Saquon's on by Madison's on by the Ravens guys are on by. I mean, can you possibly get anything out of Chuba Hubbard this week? Carries if you need them. Um, we have that. This is our fifth worst rush grade of the week per our trench metrics. They trade, they fired Frank Reich. They fired Deuce Staley. Deuce Staley was Miles Sanders. He was the guy who, who um, basically convinced Carolina to sign Miles Sanders. So if I were reading between the lines, I would say that means that, they um, want to move on from Miles Sanders or they're not going to use him. Chuba's the guy, if anybody, if you desperately need him, that you that I think you could use. Sunday nighter, Kansas City goes to Lambeau to take on the resurgent Green Bay Packers. A few weeks ago, everyone's talking about Jordan loves the worst. We had a fantastic meme at Fantasy Points on our social media channels with the uh, love stinks from, what is that, uh, Billy Madison? Uh, yeah. That was tremendous. Or uh, whatever it was from, uh, the Wedding Singer, Wedding Singer. So one of the Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, yeah, the Wedding Singer is the is that is Sandler's best, at least the best like '90s comedy that he did for sure. That that one and, over and Happy Gilmore, then, by the way. Oh yeah, it's definitely better than Happy Gilmore. Oh, 
Oh, oh it's definitely bad. Like, I mean, you go back and you watch Happy Gilmore and Billy. I get chuckles out of them, but like they're dumb movies. And like, I like I, I can still laugh and, and enjoy them. But like, it's kind of like I like them more. And, and, and I'm using the word adult here very narrowly. Like <laughs> there's actually a like a adult ish story to the wedding singer in much in the same way Jim Jim Carrey's best movie of the 90s what's your favorite Jim Carrey uh Jim Carrey Man in the Moon as when he played Andy Kaufman okay all right well no I'm talking about the the, the dumb you comedies know, I don't like him in, in his comedies I don't think he's I, it just never appealed to me I, I maybe in Living Color when he was out doing the sketch stuff but yeah. in his movies I thought they were terrible I hated the all masks right. Ace Ventura they, it just wasn't for me Okay, so I, I watched Ace Ventura, actually, believe it or not, for the first time a couple of years ago. Um, my wife was asleep on me. I was like, I haven't seen Ace Ventura. I thought it was terrible. Uh, I've never seen When Nature Calls, so um, um, I'll, I'll maybe I'll check that out at some point. But Jim Carrey's best comedy, in my opinion, best 90s comedy is Liar Liar. Because, like, there's, like, kind of adult themes, but it's still dumb. That's why I think, like, uh, The Wedding Singer is Sandler's best, you know? Like... Anyway, uh, but since we posted that meme, Jordan loves him pretty good. Yeah. Oh, by the way, a lot of dads out there listening to this, maybe some moms too. If you're a lady out there, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know you're actually listening. Leave a review on iTunes. But the uh, Adam Sandler put it out a, a new cartoon on Netflix called Leo. Very good. Show it, watch it with the kids. Uh, it's about a little like lizard that lives in a classroom. How about the return of Christian Watson? I was begging people to trade for Christian Watson at their trade deadline. Here he comes again, another five for 94 and a touchdown. Looking back like that alpha in this offense, this could be a game script where Green Bay is going to have to throw the ball a ton. Christian Watson, is he back in your good graces, Joe? Is he in the circle of trust for Joe Dolan's lineups? Trust? No. But he's like this ex-girlfriend who showed up like, well, maybe a little halter top, and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> okay. You know, we didn't, we, ne we never, we didn't burn bridges here. You know, right, oh man, right. that is such, that is such a Bill Simmons line. Oh, that is that is so horrifying. No, um, he's not in my circle of trust, but uh, I certainly think there's a there's something with Christian Watson here that I, I think you can get behind and understand. That he's like a better version of Jameson Williams at this point, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's getting seven targets. You'll never see that with Jamison Williams. So I don't love, listen, Aaron Jones, we'll see with the quad issue. If he comes back, A.J. Dillon, forget about it. 43 yards last week. He's worthless. I want to flip over to the Chiefs. What do you think of this Rishi Rice kid? They took him in the second round. Now he's seeing a season high in targets, you know, 100 yards, starting to look like maybe he's Mahomes' go-to guy uh, as a receiver because, obviously, you know, we're still always starting Travis Kelsey. Who, by the way, now last night my wife's got me watching Taylor Swift's Reputation Tour concert on Netflix. I'm way too down the Taylor Swift rabbit hole here, Maybe Joe. I should check. I mean, she has some 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 really good songs, so maybe I should check those things out. Like, But, uh, but no, I'm, I mean, Rasheed Rice, they, they've needed a wide receiver all year, and I'm surprised it's taken them this long to figure out he's their best one. Quite frankly, he's but a wide receiver three for fantasy. I'm not like throwing him into my lineup. Like, oh my god, I got to start him. But uh, but if there's anybody who's going to contribute to your uh to your team down the stretch, it's him. Isaiah Pacheco. Listen, there the guys behind him are banged up. He runs like a you know bull in a china shop. So if you need him, you're going to keep starting him out there, uh, without question. Monday nighter, boy. When the schedule came out, this looked like a marquee matchup. Cincinnati, Wait a Jacksonville. Did you skip? Did you skip the matchup? 
Wait a minute. Oh, I did. You know why? Damn it, Brawley. I, I go by Brawley's uh, reporter, and he skipped over it. And being an Eagles fan, it, you know what? Let's save the Eagles game for last. It's the best game of the week. Let's do this Monday nighter. Jack, Cincinnati, Jacksonville. There ain't a lot to talk about here. Cincinnati stinks. They're starting Jake Browning. Uh, you know, Nixon, if you need him, we'll see if, if we ever get anything out of uh, T. Higgins again. Maybe he'll just sit out for the rest of the year because he's looking to get paid in the offseason. Jamar Jackson will get some – or uh, Jamar Chase, excuse me, will get some work. And then for the Jags, hey, you know, they're they're uh, at one point last week they were the number one seed in the AFC for a few hours. So uh, in this game, any big takeaways? Calvin Ridley starting to heat back up, looking like the player you drafted earlier in the season. No, Christian Kirk hasn't found the end zone in a while, but I think any of these guys for the Jags, you can't sit them. Uh, no, I think the thing about this matchup is that I'm interested in uh, is the potential shadow situation. We've got um, Cheetah Bay Awuzie who could shadow Calvin Ridley. I'm not sure how much that shakes you off of him. The Bengals have done a lot of different stuff with their corners in this game, but I feel like just Zay Jones has been kind of that skeleton key for them. The question I have for you, Drake, is Dearness Johnson. Mm-hmm. Is he a, is he a flex worthy player this week if you need him? Well, I mean, if you look at Dearness Johnson, and maybe he's what we thought Tank Bigsby was going to be. So he gets seven carries last week, but he didn't really do anything with him. But he hasn't done anything him- all year except make mistakes. <laughs> I mean, you look at Dearness Johnson a week ago; he has one catch for forty-two yards. So it's like. I mean, if you're in a PPR league, he got 5.2 points on that one play uh, against the Texans. So, I mean, I kind of just want him as a as a handcuff. Uh, just put him there. If ETN ever goes down, who knows? Maybe they split it up a little bit. But I think Dearness Johnson has passed Bigsby by far in terms of the pecking order yeah. in the backfield. Yeah, and on the flip side of this game, Jamar Chase had four for 82 last week. And like, if, if I'm trying to be honest with myself, I'm like, I'll take four for 82 from Jake Browning. But the thing that can, that, that concerns me is two of those were on deflected. I think his two longest games were on deflected passes. Like Mm -hmm. this is bad for the Bengals right now, man. All right. Enough of that game. So a little peek behind the curtain for you guys. How I do this show is I pull up Tom Brawley's Game Hub report, and he didn't write up the damn Eagles 49ers game. So my apologies is I'm literally, uh, you know, Will Ferrell and Anchorman. It's like anything you put on the screen, Drake will read. So the the, the, the funniest part about this, though, is like, who are you sitting in this game? Of the Eagles 49ers game? Nobody. Yeah, no one. Like, who? Are, these are both the same fantasy team. They throw the ball to two wide receivers. They throw the ball occasionally you know, to the tight end. Somebody's going to have a bad game at some point, but are you seriously going to sit DeAndre Swift? You're not sitting McCaffrey. I know it's a bad matchup for him. Mm-hmm. The only concern I have here, um, our guy Ryan Heath um, had a great stat on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy at home. 308 passing yards per game, 11.2 YPA, 11.2 completion percentage over expectation, 0.74 fantasy points per drop back. All of those would be first among quarterbacks. His fantasy points per game, third among quarterbacks at home. On the road, 19th in passing yards per game, fourth uh, um, in yards per attempt, 28th in completion percentage over expectation, 11th in fantasy points per drop back, and 22nd in fantasy points per game. Yikes. I mean, so he is a huge home road splits guy and the weather could be a little bit nasty. Yeah. He's the new Jared Goff. 
<laughs> you know, at home, you love Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, I, as an Eagles fan, coming off the two emotional games and how beat spot. up this this Eagles team is, it would not surprise me at all if San Francisco went in there and beat them by ten points. Uh, it's a tough spot for the Eagles, but. We've been saying we've been saying last week was a tough spot for the Eagles. You know, oh, they had the emotional win against Kansas City, and then they got San Francisco coming up. Uh, and they've they've answered the bell, no doubt about that. Uh, it's going to be a good game, Drake. And um, that the the biggest, most interesting statistical thing about this game is certainly the Brock Purdy home road splits to me. And if Dallas Goddard was dropped in your league because maybe you don't have an IR spot or there's bye weeks, you never know. I don't think he's going to come back this week. He's pushing to, he's trying yes. to, but down the road, you know, they got Dallas the next week. I mean, the murderers row games never ends for this team. Just take a peek. See if Dallas Goddard's out there and scoop them up. The, the Eagles, the, the, the thing that's essentially for the Eagles, and they're obviously a forward thinking organization. If they win one of these next two games, if they beat either San Francisco or Dallas, they're essentially locked into the one seed because it's going to be hard for another one of those teams to catch them. Um, certainly it'll be hard for the team that they beat to catch them. Um, but then the Eagles have a stretch of four games at the end of the year. Se Seattle's a mediocre matchup. They're kind of fading, but then they play the Giants, the Cardinals and the Giants in December. So the Eagles, obviously, if they win one of these next two games, and that's probably their line of thinking is we're going to be the one seed if we win one of these next two games. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And. You know, the Eagles got to get healthy on defense. And eh, this it. we don't break down games that way. But, you know, we talk about the fantasy aspect. And in terms of that, you're going to play all these guys. Well, make sure you guys are going over to our YouTube channel. So much great content there. Even a nice dynasty show. Uh, if you're into that full tilt dynasty, we put out some great stuff with, uh, with those guys. So uh, you want to check that out as the dynasty season never ends in fantasy football but make sure you're checking us out fantasy points over on youtube and give us a follow on the old twitter machine i'm at drake fantasy joe is of course at fg underscore dolan if you want to hear more of joe all day sunday he's hosting with paul kelly on the sirius xm game day show i listen to it every week because i text you during it as i'm listening yes you do doing I, I the worst thing in the world is you could be hosting a national radio show and your friends text you and i know this from experience but i'm like ah, he'll see it during the break my, my favorite are when people text me about things that aren't the nfl slate on sunday hey bud what do you think about the fills like no i'm not thinking about the fills right now you know like <laughs> so. yeah, try to give uh you know somebody the heads up if uh you know I don't know, you know fifth string uh, tight end scored you know albert o just got into the end zone for the eagles and uh, I'm going to put the sick of this montage together. But, folks, thank you so much for rolling with us here. Hopefully, we showed up in your Spotify most listened to podcasts uh, this uh, this year. Is that crazy? Is it social media? But we'll see you next week as we're grinding towards the playoffs here. For Joe, I'm Drake. This has been the Two Point Stance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.